and welcome to episode number 219 of the Canadian Football Countdown, a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. Uh, we're here to preview week number eight of the 2023 CFL season. Season is very much underway here, and we've reached week number eight, including the big TD Atlantic game, which we'll talk about this week as well. We'll take a look at the major matchup storylines, fantasy players to watch, make our betting picks for each of the games as well. Uh, I'm Ryan, joined by Trey and Adam here tonight. Uh, first up, uh, Trey, how are you doing? It's muted there. I usually go to Adam first. He threw me off there. I'm doing good. Doing good, guys. Uh, how are you guys doing? Well, yeah, I'm not doing too bad. Uh, busy, busy fighting a wasp's nest uh, the past couple of days, which has been an interesting experience. Um, maybe, maybe we'll get him eventually. Uh, um, I have, I have I many memories doing that. Yeah. Yeah. All I know is if I get bit by one of those, I probably got about 15 minutes. Otherwise, I better find an epipen because yeah, it wouldn't end well for me. Well, hopefully you weren't bit by a wasp right before this then, and we have you for the whole show. Uh, Adam, how are you doing tonight? Well, hey, didn't get bit by a wasp, so all good that way. Uh, just looking at my neighbor who uh, just finished polishing up his combine who sent me a snap of it because, you know, farmer snap, that's pretty much all we do is show our shiny combines. Hey, and uh, if you want to check out those uh, shiny combines, you can check out the farming channel in the CFC Discord community, right? Uh, it, it's free. It's fun. The link is in the description. Uh, we talk more than just farming. We talk a lot of football, uh, a lot of fantasy stuff there, game chats, all that fun stuff. If you're interested, check that out. Uh, we're also live tonight on our YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and Twitch feeds, thanks to our presenting sponsor, GameTime TV, which you can learn uh, more about by visiting GameTimeTV.ca or Facebook.com slash GameTimeTVMV. Also, we do want to acknowledge that the Canadian Football Countdown is brought to you from Treaty 1 Territory, traditional territory of the Anishinaabe Cree, Ojibwe, Dakota, and Dene peoples, and the homeland of the Métis Nation as well as from Treaty 4 territory, traditional territory of the Cree, Soto, Dakota, Lakota, Nakota, and Métis Nation. Uh, yeah, we'll take your comments. We'll take your questions in the live chat. See a couple folks uh, piling in there already. Good to see. A good evening to you there as well. Um, Mike's not here tonight. Yeah, he was busy again. But uh, if you want to get Mike's thoughts on things going on in the CFL, uh, you know, I have to Discord channel already. We got a weekly bonus show going there as well, the Drive Home Call In show every Tuesday. Uh, and Mike's going to start joining me as a regular co host for that. Uh, and we take comments and questions from the uh, Discord community there, posted on the audio feeds the coming day. But if you want to get in there and ask questions for us on stuff from the week before, check that out as well. Uh, should we get into our first game of the week here, boys? I think we're ready to do that, unless anybody's got anything else off the top. Uh, let's go. Uh, let's do it. Uh, first game of the week, Hamilton in Ottawa, Friday night. No Thursday game this week. Uh, Friday night is when the week kicks off. I'm going to miss the Thursday nighters, not going to lie. I, uh, I like them. I, I might be in the minority there, but I like the Thursday game. I don't like having to wait till Friday for another weekend of CFL football. 7.30 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, let's go to you here, Adam, uh, with some storylines. Well, first thing first, I mean, the dust and crumb train, it just keeps chugging along. I mean, our, uh, last week, I know, Ryan, you jumped off the train even in fantasy. I, for shame. But nevertheless, uh, you know, I mean, 
he's done real well so far in his first two games. Maybe not in the first two quarters, but definitely has a little bit of a flair for the theatrics at the end of the games. What does Kahari Jones, and this is a question to both of you, is what does Kahari Jones have to do to keep the Dustin Crumb train on the tracks, right? I mean, keep designing the game plan the way he has for the last game and a half, right? Uh, he's had a couple designed runs and they're 63 yards rushing again this week for him. Pretty pretty respectable numbers for a quarterback when a lot of teams starting running backs don't hit that. Um, and just keep, you know, helping them develop. Craig? No, I agree. And I think just you got to keep mixing up things because the one thing that will slow down the crumb train here will be when defenses start learning how to actually cover him. And I think you got to keep enough inconsistency in that offense. And I think uh, it's something we've been complaining about here in Winnipeg. It's too predictable. It's too bland. It's too vanilla ice cream. I think uh, uh, Kari Jones, sorry, not Kevin Glenn. Kari Jones needs to get the chocolate syrup and sprinkles out for his ice cream with that offense, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I think the big thing that they need to do is they need to convince him to start throwing the ball a little bit more. He seems to have a really good arm on him. He just seems to like to take off a little bit more. And that's maybe because, again, he's not seeing all the plays. So as he develops, I think that will help a little bit. Uh, One thing I always kind of just always cringe a little bit, though, when I see young quarterbacks starting up in the league, and the first thing they do is see a big wide field like the CFL field is and take off to the sideline, start running. So I hope he doesn't develop that, make it out of habit. I mean, he is a good running quarterback. Don't get me wrong. That's a good uh, thing to have. But you also got to throw a two in the CFL. And I want to see him throw maybe those more intermediate to longer passes, maybe a little bit more. Uh, That being said, I mean, you can't really complain about the start that he's had for sure. And I mean, I think he's got a good offensive coordinator in there. I mean, an old quarterback in Kari Jones, that'll make him see the whole field as it develops. So I think he'll be all right. Uh, Over for injuries, I mean, there's still quite a few here for the uh, Ottawa Red Blacks. Uh, Javon Santos-Knox will be out this game. I think that's more, again, six-game injured list. He'll probably possibly be back next week. I know he's practicing. Same with Shaq Evans. He's got a limited with a hand injury. Uh, Jackson Bennett, he's going to be out this week. Uh, Still head injury. I'm not sure what that's all about. Uh, Dante Bull was fully practicing, so that's good. Same thing with Jerry Johnson Jr. However, uh, on Thursday, he stopped practicing, and he will be out. And I think the big name for the Ottawa Red Blacks would be Lorenzo Maldon IV. Uh, he it was limited in practice this week once again. Maybe a little bit of nicks from that practice injury last week. Uh, he's questionable for this week. Looking over on the Hamilton side of the football, well, I think the big nose, uh, news was this week that they pulled Bo Levi Mitchell early off of the six-game injured list. Uh, he was, I believe, if I look at the sheet, uh, Bo Levi Mitchell didn't even make the, oh, I'm looking at the wrong week here. Sorry, guys. Uh, Bo Levi Mitchell was practicing this week. Uh, Bo Levi, Taylor Powell, Kyle Oxley, who gives these guys the best chance to win a game this week? Uh, go YouTube first, Trey. I, I see if I didn't have to answer your question, I'd go with Powell, but. When is Bo eligible to play this week, or does he have to stood out one more? No, he's he eligible, is eligible to, play. to play. They took him off. Okay, early. but if you're paying a guy, I'm assuming half mil, you're gonna have to play him, right? You're not gonna pay. You don't want him on your bench. You don't want a fourth coach at that much. I, I, 
and I, I and I kind of made the point in our Discord. I want to know how much is Bo playing coming back? Is that Bo? Is that is that him wanting to come back? And you know, and I said ego, but I never meant it to be a bad way. I just meant the ego that is Bo. That you know, is he the one wanting to come back and doing this? Is he rushing something? You know, he's what is in mid thirties. He might know. He might not have many seasons left. He wants to come back. I, I mean, you know. So I think Bo. I just hope Bo's not rushing it. But I would, I would stick with Powell. But the salary cap issue, Ryan. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm excited to see what Powell can develop into as a quarterback. We know what Bo is as a quarterback, and we know it's not great anymore. Uh, it's it's on a downward slide. That being said, yeah, the, the contract is the thing. The prior pedigree of Bo Levi Mitchell is a thing that they're going to go back to Bo, and I understand why they're going back to Bo, and, and maybe they want that veteran uh, leadership that he brings as well uh, in there also. Uh, and I, I hope he turns it around. You know, I've been real hard on him all season long, but that's not to say that uh, I, I don't want him to turn it around. I'd be happy to see him return to the form that made him an MOP candidate regularly, and it is the reason he's one of the best quarterbacks of the past decade. I don't think he's that anymore, but I, uh, I I think probably right now, since we haven't seen enough from Powell, I'd say, yeah, he's probably your best bet. Yeah, I'll say Taylor Powell still is the guy that should be starting this game just because you don't know how nicked up. Uh, he was limited in two games of the, or two practices this week. Then he played fully the, today, I suppose. Uh, Bo Levi Mitchell, if he's 100%, probably should be in. But I don't think he's 100%. Uh, from what I've all heard, he's probably about that 80 85% healthy. And he wants to go. I mean, he's a competitor. Give him credit. He wants to fight for his guys. Good for you. Uh, that being said, I think Taylor Powell still is 100%. He's ready to go. He, he's been reading the playbooks. He's been on the first-team offense. However, if he falters really quickly, if he throws a quick interception at the beginning, yeah, throw Bo Levi in. You got him there. You may as well use him. But I think Bo Levi would be more of a factor coming off of the bench this week than starting this game uh, for the Hamilton Tiger Cats. Now that I actually grabbed the right sheet instead of reading the one from last week, uh, I'll give you the injury report for both teams. Uh, uh, Shaq Evans uh, fully practiced this week, so he may go. Same thing with Javon Santos Knox. Uh Ottawa really is looking healthy all of a sudden. Dante Bull's fully healthy. Gary Johnson Jr. is fully healthy. Damon Webb is questionable this week. Uh, a little bit of a shoulder injury. Uh, Braylon Addison is limited. He will be out this week. Just keep an eye on that. Same thing with Devon Smith. He's got a hamstring injury. Uh, keep an eye on those two guys. They may not be on there for very long, especially with uh, the release today of uh, uh, Saquon uh, or something like that. Sorry. Uh, I remember there was a guy released today by uh, by the Ottawa Red Blacks because of probably a returning player, which I'm guessing this week would be Shaq Evans. Oh, uh, I know who you're talking about. Savon Scarver. Um, Scarver. Yeah, Scarver. Yeah, I think he started kind of falling a little bit out of favor. He dropped a big deep ball uh, a couple weeks ago against Winnipeg and kind of ended up in a backup role, and now he's released with those other guys coming back. Yeah, so like I say, they shouldn't have an issue, though. Uh, looks like Shaq Evans will be back here, uh, which is great signs for the Ottawa Red Blocks. They get even more pieces. Uh, over on the Hamilton side of the football, uh, we have got uh, 
Jo uh, Joseph, a linebacker, shoulder injury at first. He's back for now. Bo Levi, we've talked about him. Uh, Chris Van Sile is out this week, uh, non-football related. Uh, Dylan Wynn is also out this week, the D lineman. Uh, knee injury is what I'm seeing on him. And uh, yeah, looks like the um, Hamilton Tiger Cats get a couple pieces back and a couple pieces are going to be off now. Uh, Wilcox will take over for Davis. Uh, Jagera Davis, we should mention about him. He was traded this week. Uh, we'll talk about where he may fit in later on here in, with his new team, the Calgary Stampeders. He, you don't see a six-round pick playing right now because obviously he's not drafted. So, <laughs> makes sense. Uh, that being said, guys, I guess we'll move on to fantasy. What are you looking at here, Ryan, uh, fantasy-wise for these teams besides, you know, everybody's favorite quarterback in Ottawa? Yeah, well, we'll start with the Ottawa side. There's two names that really jump out to me there. First one is obviously Dustin Crum. It's criminal that he's only $7,500 still at this point because I don't think there's a better fantasy option out there than Crum right now at his price. Uh, In two and a half starts since he's taken over as the starter, uh, Crum has averaged 29 fantasy points uh, in that time. Uh, his rushing may start declining a bit. I expect it to over time. I mean, 60 yards a game, 70 yards a game, like that's tough. Uh, you know, he's had a couple big runs. The question is, can he keep that up? But I think his passing is getting better too. He completed 79% of his passes last week. If you're looking for, you know, a guy that's almost certain to hit his value at his price in fantasy, uh, and a potential captain, I, I think you strongly in this match have to consider it. Uh, I've updated some of my, uh, fantasy charting here as well with uh, my spreadsheets to now include kind of favorable matchups in different positions. And the Ticats give up an average of 20 points per game to starting quarterbacks, which is, uh, worst in the CFL. Uh, so I think it's a dream matchup there for Dustin Crum. Uh, and if, uh, you're going to take Dustin Crum, why not stack him with Nate Bahar at wide receiver for 9,500? In his last two games, Bahar has had 24 targets, 18 catches, and 168 yards. He's also had a couple two-point converts, a touchdown in there. Uh, Crumb's looking his way in clutch moments uh, late in the game, and he's becoming a force to be reckoned with, and it's still fairly cheap for the production he's given. And plus, you know, if Ottawa's going to continue this trend, you get an extra quarter almost of football from him because he seemed to be playing overtime games. Uh on the regular now. So those are the two guys from Ottawa I like. I'll give you a name from Hamilton here yet too, but I want to go to you guys in between here. Uh from both sides of the ball for each of you. Any uh who's the who's the big name that stands out to you? Any anybody you got in your lineup? Uh, uh, I got one I got one Adam. little bit of a strange one compared to what you got. I mean I got Dustin Crumb. He's still my guy. He's gonna go into the Hall of Fame one day. But uh nevertheless uh I've also got Jalen Acklin in this game, actually, $8,000. He's been a reasonably good, solid uh, player for the uh, t- uh, Ottawa Red Blacks so far this year. Uh, so I'm going to go with Jalen Acklin as well, uh, just because I think he's not a bad price and he should give me my points. Trey? I got running back Ante Milanovic Litre. Two touchdowns last week. I really liked the little bit I did watch of last week's game. He came up big. He was a guy, he was in Edmonton last year, right? Um, a guy that I actually thought Edmonton should keep and help build around with whatever quarterback they decide to go. Ends up in Ottawa. So I kind of like uh, what he has. And I do have, as of now, uh, 
uh, I almost said Victor Crumb. That's Harry Potter. Uh, Crumb on uh, my quarterback list. As nerdy as I'm going to sound, Crumb was actually one of the uh, guys in the Quidditch World Cup. That's what I said. I almost said Victor Crumb. That's why Victor Crumb, yeah. Bulgarian seeker. If you want to go really nerdy there. <laughs> I, I watched. I watched those movies. Uh, I actually did. I uh, watched you guys with your money on a date, man. Um, <laughs> uh, rare occasion that I understand movie references. It's great. Um, over on the Hamilton side, one name I will throw out there. Uh, first of all, no James Butler for me this week. Ottawa shuts down every running back they face. They average like three point six yards uh, on the ground against. Purdue. Carry uh, and they shut Mills down last week. So uh, I think if you're going to look at it, I like Terry Godwin actually as a pick here uh, for wide receiver this week. I was originally thinking Tim White is due for a bounce back. He's had two awful games in his last three, including zero catches last week. Uh, but when you look at the favorable matchups here, I think Godwin might be the guy to go to here. He's a bit high in price. Uh, but in three of his last four games, he's put over 10 points on the board. Last week, he had nine targets, 103 yards. He was kind of the go-to receiver for the Ticats in that one. Uh, and he typically lines up at the, the left side wide receiver position, which uh, the Red Blacks give up an average of 13.6 to that spot, worst in the CFL in that category uh, against the left side wide receivers there. So Another case where if you're going to pick a guy here in this Ticats offense, you know, he's even he's cheaper than Tim White. He, he's around the same price as the Duke Williams. Uh, seems like Godwin's getting more of a role in the offense, willing to take a chance on him there. Uh, if, let's move over to our uh, betting picks for the week, Trey. Yeah, for sure. Hamilton rolls into the nation's capital, Ottawa home. Favorite minus three and a half for Friday Night Football. Ryan, I hate Thursdays. Then you're always bugging me to set my fantasy lineup when I'm out at playing slow pitch. So this week I don't have to worry about it. And betting-wise, I got till Friday night. I'm going to take the Red Black. Sure, Hamilton's got a lot of people coming back, but that's not always necessarily a good thing either. They haven't practiced. They haven't played. Like Adam said, who really knows how Bo's going to be? I think three and a half is a very, very juicy spread. So I'm going to take Ottawa over under. I am going to go. I took the under. I wrote down. See if you can see. I have them all in front of me there. I took the under. Uh, so, uh, Ryan, let's go with you first. Yeah, first of all, uh, I think this is the first time that Ottawa has probably been a favorite to win a game in quite some time, right? I mean, maybe a matchup here or there with Edmonton, but it's it's nice to see. They're the most exciting team in the CFL to me. They're must-watch football, and I think we're going to watch them win three straight games at home. I'm taking the Red Blacks to win this one as well. Uh, I believe in, in what Dustin Crum is doing right now. I believe in Kahari Jones and that offense in general. And their run defense, I think, is, is real darn good there, too, uh, for Ottawa. So I'll take the Red Blacks to cover this minus three and a half. And uh, you know what? I'll take the over. Uh, because if we're banking on, and it's probably not fair to bank on overtime for a third week in a row, but uh, had a couple of more points in that category. Uh, I don't know. The offense seems to be rolling for this team. Yeah, I can see Hamilton putting some points on the board on them uh, a bit as well. So I'll take the over. 
I'm going to take the Ottawa Red Blacks as well. I hate to do it three times in a row, but I mean, Ottawa's good right now. They've been healthy. They're getting way healthier. They get a big piece back in Shaq Evans. They're likely to get some more pieces over on the defense back, like Javon Santos Knox. It's a very tough thing to not pick the Ottawa Red Blacks in this one, and I'm not going to. I'm going to pick the Red Blacks because I'm sorry, FM fan. Bo Levi's done. Will he just go away already? I'm sorry, but it's just not going to work out well for you, Hamilton. And I hate to see what the results of this is going to be. So give me Ottawa. And for the over-under, oh, man. I think I'm going to take the under on this one here. I think Ottawa's going to score quite a few. But I think Hamilton, I don't know. It's going to be ugly, especially with that defense getting healthy in Ottawa. Real quick, yeah. I forgot to do our recap too, because you guys had good weeks last week. You guys both went four and zero on the spread, so congratulations there, guys. You guys went three and one on the over under. I went three and one on the spread. My over under has been uh, toilet noise, um, but yeah, overall, I'm still leading the record in the spread at sixteen and eleven. You guys are tied at fifteen and twelve. Mike, who seems to decide not to send his picks in, has a better percentage than all of us at 10 and 6. But uh, if he misses one more week, he's going to get DQ'd from this. Uh, I can only handle so much, Mike. I don't care how famous you are and all your other engagements, man. You did, no, you podcast first. Um, and then spread. Adam's winning. or Adam's winning the over-under at 15 and 12. Uh, Ryan and I are tied at 13 and 14. And Mike, 4 and 12. Uh, he might want to be DQ'd from the over-under on how that one's going. And I, I forgot to do the season totals, but if you bet with us, you guys would have made 83.42, and I would have lost 11.85. I'll I'll add that to our season totals. And you know what? Incentive to check out our Discord page. I'll put it up on the Discord page, people. So you know, come check that out. Awesome. Yeah, I was uh, a bit disappointed you didn't stick with me with the over on this one, Adam. We had such a good run together last week, and now we're deviating. Uh, but we'll see what that brings for the next game here. And yeah, Trey, I wasn't going to let you move on to the next game without highlighting how good our week was, so I'm glad you brought it up. Uh, All right, game two this week is the touchdown Atlantic game. The Saskatchewan Rough Riders are visiting the Toronto Argonauts, but not at BMO Field. It's over in the Atlantic region. Uh, This game is Saturday, 4 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, Adam, what we got here? Well, first things first, let's talk about the touring Saskatchewan Rough Riders. They are off and on their way to Touchdown Atlantic after playing in British Columbia. And then they got to stick around and play in Montreal. Who in the world scheduled this? Anyways, uh, nevertheless, they're going to get some receiving help to take with them over to uh, Toronto as Braden Lenius and Jake Weineke will both be back this week. Uh uh, Lenius is coming back from a lacerated kidney, of all things, in the last preseason game against Winnipeg. Apparently, he lacerated his kidney somehow, which, wow. Uh, nevertheless, sounds, sounds a little bit tough. Anyways, uh, they had actually quite a few guys practicing this week for the Rough Riders. Uh, Peter Godwin, uh, Codber, which is a huge piece for the Rough Riders to get back, uh, will uh, probably be playing this week. They also made a signing this week, the Rough Riders, with defensive back Tremaine Washington, who uh, played with his Calgary Stampeders last week. Uh, had the league uh, lead in interceptions in 2021 with five. 
that was also a shortened year. So, you know, take that with a grain of salt as you will. Uh, my big question, though, is in Saskatchewan right now, the, the pitchforks are the lit, uh, and they're aiming straight for the heart of uh, Craig Dickinson. There was a lot of angry people, if you catch uh, the call-in shows in Saskatchewan last week, talking about the lack of a play call from Kelly Jeffrey, uh, how they wouldn't adapt to things, and then the last uh, minute and a half there with the onside kick. I know that there was a lot of upset people in Saskatchewan about Craig Dickinson maybe making some bad play calls and bad decisions uh, going into that game. What do the Saskatchewan Rough Riders need to do in this game? And this is probably a loaded question a little bit. I mean, they're playing the top team in the league. It's going to be tough to come out with a victory, especially crossing the country and all the other reasons uh, in this game. But what does what does Craig Dickinson need to do in order to get those pitchforks uh, maybe pointing somewhere else? Because Rider fans are angry right now, and uh, I don't know. Is it just win, or is it... Uh, what what needs to be done in Saskatchewan to pull the pressure off of Craig Dickinson? Brian? Uh, they need to play to win uh, the, because I don't think their game plan was necessarily doing that last week. Last week to me seemed like they were playing to get Mason Fine eased into the offense because he's going to be the starting quarterback going forward the rest of the way. It was short passes. It was safe passes. There was no stretching the field there. And if you do that in most games, you're probably going to lose. If you do that against the league best Toronto Argonauts, you're going to lose. Uh, you are going to lose this game if you don't take chances, right? That Nobody's been able to beat them yet. It seems like you kind of have to try for the fences uh, with some of these things. You know, Try airing it out uh, downfield there a little bit. Uh, mix up your play calling. Yeah, it's good to you know get the running game going. I can't believe for, for once in a while we were actually saying the Riders ran the ball too many times last week because they didn't seem like they had it going. But, uh, yeah, a little bit more creativity in there and uh, let Mason find loose and see what he can do is, is my thoughts, Trey. Uh, yeah, you know, you, you, hit the, you hit it pretty good there, but I'm going to ask this question. Which Dickinson should be fired first? Because Calgary is not that hot either. So when everyone's getting mad at this one, I'm thinking, well, the other one's not doing great. Could both brothers be uh, jobless by Labor Day? That would be a very not fun Thanksgiving. But, um, <laughs> you know, but... They'll um, be home. Yeah, they'll all be home for once. Yeah, they won't be up here. But, you know, I don't know. Saskatchewan... Saskatchewan, to me, is looking, slowly looking a lot like the Bombers... Willie, Willie, Drew Willie era, and a little bit before that. I'm not meaning that rude, but a little bit where the organization doesn't seem to fully care. No, I, I'm, I'm just saying, not like talent-wise, but it seems like there's a lot more issues than just on the field product, right? There seems to be GM, there seems to be the fan base isn't happy. This is all screaming Winnipeg over the last 10, 20 years, right? Now it's just unfortunately moved down six. Uh, that's funny. Maybe they should just switch jobs. I like that one, Richard, in the comment. But uh, unfortunately, the bad luck has seemed to just move six uh, six hours down the road there. Yeah, he's got to play to win. You know, you don't play to tie. You don't play to not lose. You play to win. I don't know. Is Again, is he just trying to beat his brother? Like, is that all he's trying to do? Hey, if I finish third, at least I'm the favorite son this Christmas. Like, I don't know. 
Yeah, you know what? I looked at this, and I think actually what the Saskatchewan Rough Riders need to do is be a little more consistent on all sides of the ball, not just the offensive side of the ball. Last week, finally, the defensive line woke up, and Demarius Christmas finally had a uh, holiday-worthy uh, uh, show last week against the BC Lions. But then all of a sudden, there's no run game. And all of a sudden, you're not throwing Jamal Morrow out of the backfield. And if you do, he's getting smoked. Uh it was all hitch passes and hitch greens. And I talked about this in the Colin show yesterday. It was driving me mental. If I hear the word hitch pass again, I'm going to probably throw my uh, uh, remote at the TV. So it has not been fun to be a Saskatchewan Rough Rider fan. And you're, you know, as much as I'm going to make the ooh face, uh, like the oof mode uh, face or whatever it is from that guy with the laundry thing where it says oof level. Well, yeah, that's what it's like in Saskatchewan sometimes right now. And that's probably a pretty good way of describing it as the Drew Willie era in uh, Winnipeg because yeah, it's not been fun to be a Rough Rider fan. There's been the odd moments where you have these odd breakouts and yeah, okay, it's great. All I know is we better not get Joe back. Otherwise I'm going to really, really have some, uh, some probably therapy sessions to go through. Uh, That being said, I, you know what? I think Craig Dickinson's got the pressure on him now until this team either wins some games or he gets let go. I'm sorry. It's, it's gotta be that way with him right now because there's just nowhere else to go. So uh, I'm just going to do the Rough Rider injury list just so everybody's kind of on, uh, on pace of what's going on there. Uh, Jake Weineke, we did say it will be back fully this week. Uh, same thing also with uh, Peter Godber. Uh, Rodney Clemens, the defensive back, has got an injury, ankle injury again. That's why Tremaine Washington's coming in. Uh, Tevin Jones, he was fully practicing later on this week. He was ill. He'll be fine. Uh, Mitch Picton will probably be out. Head injury, I can see there. But also, they've got uh, Lenius back to fill in for him. Uh, Micah Johnson was limited, actually, for the wrist injury this uh, today. Uh, Colin Kelly did not practice foot injury. I think that's more of a veteran thing. I don't think. I think he'll be fine. Uh, And the only other one is Kendall Watson. Uh, They could say rib injury. It's because they're getting guys back. That's really what's going on there. Uh, I guess I got to ask the same old question as we have to ask every season when we have one of these touchdown Atlantic games. Most times they're always sold out and the fans are all having fun and eating lobster rolls and uh, singing the good old maritime songs and everything else. When are we ever going to get our own touchdown uh, Atlantic schooner team, Ryan? Uh Hang on, let me look up the quote Randy Ambrosi gives you every single year and uh, give it to you. Uh, no, I'm not going to search for that because uh, it's the same. Uh, it's the same empty promise every every single year. Uh, I, I don't know what gets what tenth team or or stats working. What do we get first? Uh, Trey, what's your guess? Um, my guess is probably the tenth team. <sighs> Yeah, well, between that, yeah, I was going to say Grand Theft Auto 7 will come out before the 10th. Uh, I skipped 6. 6 is going to be another 2 or 3 years, another 10 years of 7 before the Schooners come. It should be, you know, I don't know. I thought I saw something again. I don't know what's real or not. I thought I saw some three-down thing or somebody was really pushed. I get, but I don't know what's true and what's just, you know, water cooler rumors anymore. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. But is it is it game sold out? I think it's very close. If it is, where is it exactly? Oh, uh, that's a good question. I'll that's think, a good, I don't think good it's thing. I don't know. last year. Is it the Wolfsville or whatever? Yeah, Wolfsville. No, 
All I know is they got lobster rolls, and I want lobster roll. Uh, like, Mary's lobster. I know it's not real, but I'll take it. Yeah, Trey, you're right. St. Mary's University. Yeah, St. Mary's. Okay. Yeah. So, right I mean, and I get why, because Toronto's the one team probably willing to give up a home game, and Saskatchewan probably would be the biggest away draw. But if they do this again next year, please have two different, at least one different team, if not both different teams, too. Like, could you imagine? I know this is a little apples and oranges, but could you imagine every year in London they sent the same team in the NFL? The same two, like, you know what I mean. The people in England are gonna be like, "What the hell is this?" And and I'm sure, I'm sure to some degree, the people out there are gonna be like, "I'm tired of seeing the Argos and the Rough Riders." So, but I mean, yeah, yeah let's let's get this, let's get it going. And you know what? I mean, Toronto's been there how many times? It was versus the Tie Cats. It was versus the Alouettes. Well, it's been yeah. versus the Riders two times. They're, they're I mean, the Jacksonville Jaguars who always go to London, right? <laughs> so it's the same thing, right? It's it, it, which and now. Now the NFL made it. Every four years, you're going on in, on a neutral site game, pretty much, and the CFL should do that too. So, fair enough. But switch the teams. I mean, I mean yeah. every yeah. every three. Well, here every if you do a one game or two games a year, every two or three years, you have to do one, and yeah. you go from there. Even if the Bombers yeah. just played in Brandon or wherever a new nice decent stadium, not Brandon, but you know what I mean, somewhere where there's a stadium that holds twenty thousand, even if it's not Winnipeg, go do it. And same with Saskatchewan, same with BC, and then whatever, but we'll see. Yeah, well, I mean, let's face it, it'd be nice to see them even do that a little bit and move around to different places and locales other than just Atlantic Canada. I mean, you can do an elaborate. Why not do one in Yellowknife? I would love to see that. I mean, anywhere you could play a football game. I mean, it'd be great and fun to watch, and I'm sure there'd be lots of people that would love to watch it in different places, and it makes it unique, and I mean... Don't get me wrong, Touchdown Atlantic's fun. I mean, everybody enjoys going out there again, going and having their uh, having their lobster rolls and having their dancing and play, uh, singing the song Heave Away all day long or referring to it in their social media references, Saskatchewan. Uh, nevertheless, I, I think that, you know what, it's about time if they ain't getting a team, go somewhere else for a little bit. Let's change it up a little bit, CFL. Come on. Uh, that well, you got to at least test out. Like I see a lot of people say Quebec. You see a lot of people say BC. You got to test it out at least, right? You know what I mean? If if you're if you can't get it going in Halifax, I don't think any of those other markets will work. But like I said, throw one in Saskatoon, throw one in Quebec, throw one in somewhere. You, you know, in the, preseason games that don't give you the I mean, biggest draws. Then they play one in Fort McMurray a few years ago and yeah. stuff like and like you know, and you don't need the. If yeah, preseason game, you don't need the world's most perfect stadium. You can get by on a college one or something, right? Like, oh, you know, really like high school one. Yeah. I mean, the NHL played on Lake Louise or around there. I'm sure the CFL can figure something out in the middle of nowhere, you know, like you're so, but yeah. No, anyway. exactly. And I think that maybe the, hopefully, I'm just hoping they get a 10th team in Atlanta, Canada and be done with it. That, that would be the best bet. But again, who knows when that'll ever happen. Uh, in the meantime, well, let's talk about the Toronto Argonauts. I mean, they've been perfect so far. Their offense has been great. Chad Kelly's been stellar. Trey's making us all look bad in fantasy. I mean, everything just is working well for the Toronto Argonauts this year, including their defense. Uh, but if you're Toronto and you're looking within yourself, is there one piece and one chink of the armor that possibly Saskatchewan, or as uh, me and Trey would know about it, the exhaust port on a uh, Death Star? Is there one little piece that could possibly 
the Argonauts or the Saskatchewan Rough Riders could explain on the Argonauts right now. Uh, Trey, we'll go with you first. The size of a swamp rat back on my home planet, right? Just four by four. <laughs> Absolutely. Feel the force, Luke. Uh, yeah, you know, I don't know. You know, I've actually, I had the privilege of watching them play live. And they look, you know, at first, the first week, they said it just looked like with Toronto beating up on a, a Hamilton team that's not quite there. But week after week after week, you know, they've, and I know they played a couple less games, but they've only, they, they're tied for the least points given up against Montreal, who also has two less games. But you know what I mean? Their, their defense is playing pretty good. Their offense is unreal. <laughs> Chad Kelly, Swag Kelly, man, like. Just give him the keys to the city. He can't be any worse of a mayor than uh, Rob Ford was, right? So, or that Chris Sky guy that was running for election there when I was out there. So, you know, I mean, this kid could, this kid can, he can play on the Bombers, man. I'll trade for him today. I'll give him Caleros and, uh, and how Shifley. Can we give him Shifley for Swag Kelly? I'll do that. I'm sure, the Leafs could use another center. Um, I just think they're they're right now they're unstoppable. They're going to go eighteen and zero. Probably not. Probably not. Because they're going to get so far ahead that Chad Kelly's going to go to Hawaii for a few weeks in October and not worry about it. Or maybe he'll just have some time off and do some other stuff, right? You know, he's got some free time. You never know. Could, uh, could whatever. So I'm just really happy for Toronto. I did, I, I was, I was looking at my receipts over the weekend, boys. You know that. <laughs> So uh, you're thinking overconfidence will be Toronto Argonauts will be the downfall of the that's Toronto. Probably, that's probably the first thing. But honestly, like I hate playing into this because I'm not too much of a karma mystical kind of guy. But if something's gonna go 100 percent right for a guy, it's gonna be Pinball Clements, right? Like he's a guy that is pretty universally loved. I even hear Ty Cat fans talk about him in positive light. If a guy, if a team's gonna go 18 and 0, it's gonna be Pinball Clements' team, right? And no one's going to be mad about it. Everyone's going to hate if the Bombers went 18 and 0. But, you know, if the Argos and pinball, right? So, Ryan, what do you think about this Argos team? Yeah, I mean, if what's going to cause their downfall, is it fair to say injury? Like, like that's the biggest flaw I can see here. But even then, at most positions, I would say they're set up okay. Uh, the one spot they would be is the one spot almost every team in the CFL has been hit so far which is the quarterback position. If Kelly all of a sudden goes down due to injury, you're going to have Brian Scott as a backup uh, or Cameron Dukes as your third string uh, there. So, uh, you know, I, I think the the Argos are looking good across the board. It, it's hard to find a hole. Maybe it's that passing defense. I mean, they've given up a lot of yards, but they're still getting it done uh, there too. So, uh, you know, it's probably either going to be a mix of injury or a bad day, a mental error here or there. I mean, good teams have those as well. Uh, and are they, I agree, they're not going to go 18 and 0. Uh, but I think they're going to very handily win the East Division this year. Yeah, I think really their only thing is their own, uh, their own, uh, kind of humorous, I think, could probably stop them right now. I mean, they are a very confident team and they should be. I mean, they've, absolutely dominated team so far this season uh i mean took on the bc lions and looked like they just kind of did a casual walkthrough uh so 
I think the Toronto Argonauts are really good. I mean, they've got a couple injuries, though. That, uh, you're right, Brian, that maybe he'll slow them down a little bit. Uh, Markeith Ambles has been limited in practice this week. Darius Bladak uh, is still out with a foot injury. I'm sure he did not practice all week. Uh, Maurice Carnell, uh, their defensive back knee injury. Uh, you look Cam Phillips, uh, shoulder injury. He did not practice on Tuesday. He did fully practice on Wednesday. Uh, Shane Richards has been in, uh, limited to another offensive lineman with uh, ankle injury. Uh, overall, though, DeMonte Coxie, I guess, is a big one as well. Did not practice this week uh, with an ankle injury uh, on Wednesday. He was limited on Tuesday. So there are a couple injuries starting to pile up a little bit for the Argonauts, but you're right. They have so much depth right now in most positions that they could probably play through it and not really notice very much difference. Uh, so I guess with that being said, which guys are you looking for on fantasy this week, uh, Ryan? Now, before I get into the options, I want to quick talk, quickly talk about kind of, you know, these projection models we've been using for fantasy picks uh, because we've been going off of kind of what I call the, the, you know, the full value model, basically uh, getting your money's worth for each pick you make. And I kind of had, you know, most of the season so far set that at two points for every thousand dollars you spend on a player. Uh, but did have back and forth with one of our listeners, Justin, uh, on Twitter this week that kind of led to the realization that the current overall leader in fantasy is averaging 120 points a week. Uh, and in order to do that, you really only need one and a half points per thousand dollars from each of your players if you can spend to the cap. And then as long as your captain hits full value and scores at least 15, then you're there. Then you're at 120. So you know, I've been a little hard on some of these higher priced players up until now uh, because I, I, I put that, uh, you know, limit of, of two points per thousand, which is almost like a 30 point week for the top tier guys. Uh, so we're going to dial that back a little bit and maybe focus on potential captains a little more going forward also here as well. Uh, but yeah, shout out to Justin for that conversation. Check out his YouTube channel, uh, Bridgewater's Finest, has some great CFO content going there as well. I uh, just wanted to throw that out there before we get into these picks because there's some names in here that I haven't really mentioned in a little bit. Uh, but let's start with two guys on the Argos I like in this game. Chad Kelly has to be considered for fantasy at quarterback every single week. He's $14,500 uh, and he's got three weeks at 28 points or above in his five starts. Yeah, that's that's pretty darn good. Uh, eight to three touchdown interception ratio, five rushing touchdowns on the year and over 300 yards passing his last two games. I mean, what more can you possibly want than what you've already gotten from Chad Kelly and, and, you know, potential for him to do it again this week. Uh, if you do put him in your lineup, I think making him your captain is a very logical decision as well. I know Trey's going to agree with me on that one. Uh, and... I've been trying to stay away from the Argos receivers uh, every week because you never know who's going to get the ball. But if Kelly's going to keep throwing for 300 yards a game and that spreads it around, you're still going to get a good day from some of those guys. So you know, for the first time this year, I'll throw Devaris Daniels in here as a pick. I know somebody in the Discord asked me about uh, Daniels last week and I was low on him and he made me eat my words with an 18-point week. So... Three straight to very solid performances quietly uh, between 12 and 18 points from Daniels. Uh, he's got a modest 17.9% share of the targets on average for the Argos this year. Uh, that's kind of middle of the pack there. But he's turning them into big plays. Uh, he's got back-to-back -back weeks of over 80 yards. 
Um, he also typically lines up at left side slot back, and uh, it's one of the spots the Riders give up the most to. So I think it's one of the better matchups against this Riders defense if you want to take an Argos receiver to stack with Devaros Daniels. Uh, anybody on uh, Toronto or Saskatchewan for you guys before I go to my Riders picks here? I was going to you first, Adam. Yep, I've got one different one that you don't have, and that's Curly Gittins Jr. Had a huge game against the Hamilton Tiger Cats last time. Uh, he's been getting better and better slowly, and he's not a terrible bad price to 9.9. So I'm going to bring him onto my team just for that reason, and also he'll probably line up against uh, uh, probably against uh, Marshall. So if he does line up against Marshall, Marshall always lets one bad one against him. So that's my theory, and I'm going to get a touchdown on Curly Gittins Jr. that way. Yeah, I got Gittins as well, but I also got the workhorse, A.J. Olette. I think I've had him as my running back every week because at this – I'm him and Han. I, I don't know if they're going to get the 10, but I could see the Argos being up enough where Olette and Harris might see the ball a lot in the fourth uh, – and those uh, those Maritimers are going to see some old school running football fourth quarter. So uh, yeah, that's what I got. And of course, Chad Kelly. Come on, like I I did have crumb. I admit I did have crumb because I thought ooh that salary savings. But when I was just listening to Ryan talk about him, and I was like, nah, I got to put him back in. Uh, he might unfollow me if I don't put him in. So got to keep that going. You got to take your guys right. That's a big part of fantasy is believing in the the guys you believe in. Um, there as well. Yeah, Gittens uh, was close to making my list this week as well. Didn't go and didn't consider Ouellette, uh only because the Riders have pretty good run defense, uh, one of the best in the league, uh, give up the lowest uh, fantasy totals. But like you mentioned, depends on what this game ends up being. If they're running lots in the fourth quarter, that could be good for AJ Olette there. Uh, my one pick on the Riders side here, which doesn't sound like either of you are going a Riders direction here necessarily, um, it's hard, right? Because I don't believe in Jamal Morrow against the Sargos run defense and his usage. Obviously don't believe in Mason Fine. And their receivers are kind of in flux right now with those two guys coming back uh, and seeing what kind of role they play. Um, but I'm going to go with Shane, Sean Bain Jr. to play the matchups here. Last week, 10 targets, 10 catches for him. We'll see if he can uh, replicate that with Mason Fine. Pretty solid year, four of his six games so far, above 11 points for him. Uh, and I think the Riders' passing attack is going to be a bit more aggressive this week. The Argos give up a lot of passing yards. I think they could be in a situation where they need to pass more just to stay in the game than they had to last week against against BC. Uh, so I think they're going to be a bit more aggressive there, try to force the ball downfield a little bit more. And also, uh, left side slot backs uh, put up an average of 15.5 points against the Argos. It's the worst in the league, uh, including 20-something uh, point performances from Keon Hatcher and Tyler Sneed. So, uh, yeah, I'm, uh, if I'm taking anyone on the riders, it's Sean Bain here uh, for the, the matchup at the position there uh, in that one. Uh, speaking of matchups, uh, the, what is the line here, Trent? Minus 10, and that one for a Toronto threw me off. Let's talk about it with you guys in the Discord. Usually the home team gets a three-point benefit. So that's saying if this game was in BM, I'm I'm assuming they're looking at this one as a neutral site game, which puts it at minus 13 if it was at BMO, which I think that, I know that's, that's a crazy line. So I wonder if this is registered as uh, 
a Toronto home game. But I've been I went back. I, I took the over 47 and a half. I'll get that one out of the way. I need to talk this. We got two minutes. I know Ryan, you're looking at the clock. You got to do your timestamps. Ah. I should go with you guys first. You guys were the undefeated last week. Ryan, Mr. Ryan, what who do you have in this one? I didn't take the Argos at minus 10. I still think they're the best team in the CFL, and they're going to keep proving it. Uh, I'll probably get it wrong one of these days when they, they do falter, but uh, until they do, I think i got to ride with the, the Argos at minus 10 here, especially you know with the offensive game plan the Riders did call last week. Uh, over, under, uh, 47.5. I'll take the under on this one. I could see I could see this one being a little bit more low scoring. Adam, you're gonna ruin it for me and take Saskatchewan, and then I'm gonna have to be the tiebreaker. Actually, I just switched to hat just to try to mess with you. Uh no, I'm gonna take the Argonauts because I just I'm I'm honestly Saskatchewan has to cross the country. They usually don't do well with traveling lately, it seems. Last time they went out there, they got indigestion, upset stomach, and diarrhea all at the same time. Uh, you know what? I don't think things are fine in Saskatchewan. So I I don't know, but I think that the Argonauts are going to win, get over 10 on this one here. And yes, that puts the fine counter up to 11. You take the over, sorry, or no? Oh, the oh, sorry, the over-under, I didn't say on. I, uh, I, I did know I misheard you. Yeah, I'm going to go with the under on this one too, just because... The Riders, I do not have no faith in their uh, playbook. I just, you know what? I've lost faith in it this from last week. And right now, if they play like they did last week, it won't be fine. It's going to be ugly. And that way there, I think that the Rough Riders are probably going to end up getting killed on the field. Their Argonauts are smarter than this. They're going to force fumbles on those instead of just do short tackles like the BC Lions. So... Yeah, I think it's going to be a long night for my soul, Saskatchewan Rough Riders. And, um, yeah, I don't think that the uh, call-in show after the game will be very fine. Okay, I'll take the over and I'll take Toronto. I can't go against the two guys who went 4-0. I just hemmed and hawed. I couldn't see this being 13 if it was in Toronto. So I'm just really uh, – yeah. And Richard, no, Chad Kelly's not going to get hurt, man. He, he'll break his leg and still play and still throw for five touchdowns. And, yeah, yeah, the bend don't break. That's why I got my whiteboard. So next time the Bombers like give up 400 passing yards, I'll have uh, the Trey, coach trade defense up here. So. I hate Trey, Trey Colbeck after hours. I like it. Oh, I like it. man. I could. It's a simple zone. Simple zone. <laughs> anyway. All right. Let's move on to our third game of the week here. Uh, we've got the BC Lions in Edmonton. Uh, Saturday, the second game of the doubleheader here, Saturday, 7 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, Storylines, Adam. Well, I think we know what one storyline has to be. And I mean, I'm getting sick of talking about it, Edmonton. If you guys would win a game, I wouldn't have to mention it ever again. But that's got to be the streak. I mean, what else do we do on this one here uh, besides that we have to talk about it? I mean, 20 games, it'll make them the longest home losing streak in any professional sport in North America. Uh, it'll give them that distinct dishonor, I guess. I don't know what else you'd call it. It ain't an honor, that's for sure. Uh, Edmonton made a change a little bit also this week. Maurice French uh, was released from his contract. Uh, as per Chris Jones, he didn't push or he didn't block enough. 
Uh, first things first, I want to get your guys' thought on that. But uh, does Edmonton even have a hope in this game with the offense that came out for the last few weeks? I mean, Taylor Cornelius has looked rough. Dylan Mitchell maybe had a little bit of a comeback game, I guess, against Winnipeg, if you want to say that. Otherwise, this is going to be an ugly game, I think. And uh, unless you guys think that maybe the, uh, what do you call, BC Lions with the best sack leader in the league with Matthew Betts are not going to come out. I don't know. How does Edmonton's offense win this game? Or can they? Trey? Their offense, no. Their defense, unless Dane Evans comes out and has a debacle of his first game back, I think that's the only way Edmonton, that and special teams, right? Like, you got to get, their defense is going to have to put their team in situations where they're making, they're forcing second and longs to a guy who's making his first start of the year. They got to force a guy to, you know, in his own zone, and then they're going to punt it in field position. I think that's the only way they uh, they can win it. And uh, yeah, Ryan, what do you think? You hit the nail on the head. That's exactly what I was going to say there is the offense probably won't win them this game. The defense will. And if the offense can do just enough to uh, they're over the top there, they, that that's how they get it done. Right. Their defense has been pretty good. Like even last time against PC, they held them to 22 points and that was with VA. So if, uh, you know, with Dane Evans starting, if they can get, uh, get to him early in the game, that, makes Edmonton in the game for me in, in that sense, but. Yeah, Trey, Trey looks like he's chalking up a play back there. He's just he's <laughs> thinking about it, how he's going to make this work. Flea uh, flicker, flea flicker. Exactly. Go for the, go for the double reverse followed by a flea flicker. Anyways, uh, that's probably the only way Edmonton's probably going to get points in this game, to be honest with you. Uh, Kevin Brown, I mean, maybe he can get a couple good runs off. I mean, he hasn't had a good season all year so far. I think that has a lot to do with the offensive line I play in Edmonton. But, um, yeah, I, I I hate to keep sounding like a broken record on here every week, but until Steve Sorrells and Steve McAdoo are going to be out of here, there's not going to be much done by the Edmonton Elks offense. It's as simple as that. I, I don't like either one of their play calls. They have no real steady plan for anything on what's called in first down or second down. It's just no, there's no rhyme to reason. The offensive line is in shambles, I still say, because they're not making any blocks or anything. I mean, the only way that they seem to get first downs is either uh, blown play coverage or it's Taylor Cornelius trying to run out for a yard or two. It, it sucks, and it's terrible to watch in Edmonton. And this week, you got Matthew Betts to deal with. So, you know, have fun with that, I suppose. Uh, injury report side uh, for the Edmonton Elks. Actually, they're kind of pretty healthy right now. Uh, AC Leonard is limited in practice here on Wednesday hamstring injury uh Manny Arsenal as well uh knee injury I haven't heard of him all season I still didn't realize he still played because he hasn't had any plays this year so far that I've heard of well, he's, <laughs> he's, he's missed most of the year Manny <laughs> yeah he was limited this week in a knee injury so he might be just coming back if I'm not mistaken actually because like I said I haven't heard of him like all week or all week or all year so far uh, Woody Appleton, I think uh, he's coming back, I think, from a knee injury. Uh, he did fully practice. Uh, Niles Morgan, uh, chest injury. I don't know what in the world's with a chest injury, but he's fully practicing uh, as well. Also, the other one to kind of keep an eye on. And Edmonton, I hope you're not playing games with me, Chris Jones. Ed Ganey, the wide receiver, uh, is got a chest injury, is limited in practice. I, I put it the way it is because you never know with Chris Jones. 
I didn't um, even notice that. That's great. Ed Gainey listed as a wide receiver on the uh, on the injury report. You never I want to see it honestly now. I I want to see Ed Gainey go get a thirty yard like just absolute boot and get it. Maybe that's what they need to do offensively to win the game. Put the defense on the offense. I mean, I can't seem to at least have no problem with that. Uh, that being said, let's look on the BC side of the game here. Uh, really quickly, I mean, they've done very well. BC can breathe a huge sigh of relief, I guess. First things first, Vernon Adams, the injury to his knee doesn't seem to be anything serious. It's all structurally sound from what everybody has said. He will miss this game, which is kind of a disappointment. However, it's the Elks. Uh, but Dane Evans steps in here. Uh, I'll be honest, he looked a little bit rocky against the Saskatchewan Rough Riders last week. Uh, didn't really have great passes. He had a couple missed passes to Justin McKinnis. Uh, just not really on tap with his receiver. Uh, but again, he gets full week of one's practice this week, so maybe he'll improve. Or do you really see the Edmonton Elks defense putting up uh, putting up something with them? I mean, they, they aren't known for giving a good run game. And, I mean, Shivers is back there, and they still have a whole pile of weapons. But is Dane Evans going to be a problem with the Edmonton defense? Right? I don't think so. I'm I'm confident that – I think I said this the other day. I'm confident that if Evans had to play longer term this season and he doesn't because B.A. will be back next week, I, I, I don't think he's lighting it up as a top quarterback in the league, but I think he's delivering respectable performances and returning to kind of that potential Evans that – had the hype over in Hamilton before he really struggled last year. That's because I just believe in the offensive game plan of, of Jordan Maximick uh, over there in BC and a lot of the pieces they have there. But uh, I think big key for him is also just, uh, again, good match against Edmonton, get that run game going. Because last week against Saskatchewan, they had a rough time with that as well. Uh, uh, 10 carries, 21 yards for, for Shivers last week. They got to get more out of them for that. Great. What do you got? Uh, can Edmonton do anything uh, with a defense to mess with uh, with Dane Evans? I don't know. I don't think so. Like I said, it's possible, but you got to throw the book at him. And it, 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 he's not, you know, if, if he gets a big win, it's not the surprisement like of Crum, right? This is the guy who's been in the league mm-hmm. and should play and should we expect maybe he hasn't played the best but we expect he knows what's going on this isn't the rookie coming in this isn't the you know new guy who's been holding a clipboard for a year or two you know this was a guy who has been games away from great cups right you know games away from and maybe one of the better quarterbacks in the east even as of lady Vito mazzoli you know what i mean like he's he's a guy that clearly deserves to be in this league so i i don't think so like again when we're looking at this line i don't i think I don't. I'm probably going to take the under, but if Dane Evans decides to have a game and puts BC over that 43 somehow, or like you know what I mean, I'll, I, that's a loss I'm willing to take, right? Like that, that I'll be like, okay, he did it. But um, yeah, I don't know. I don't think Edmonton's got a chance in heck in this game, which sets up an interesting game next week, a six and potentially six and one BC against a five and two uh, Winnipeg on Thursday night. So hopefully that game's on the American CBS Sports. Absolutely. I'm just hoping that this Lions Elk game isn't on there because, yeah, <laughs> that might not be the best representative for our game. Uh, injury-wise for the BC Lions, I mean, there isn't really much to talk about. Vernon Adams, we mentioned already, he's limited with a knee injury. Uh, Jalen Edwards-Cooper, uh, defensive back, he's got a knee injury, uh, was limited on Wednesday. And uh, 
I guess the only real big one to maybe keep an eye on to worry about is Dominic Rhymes. Uh, he it, did not practice so far this week. However, he knows the playbook. He might be also just getting some rest. Uh, I don't know what the story with Dominic Rhymes. He may be also injured. It's very hard to tell with BC. Oh, he left. I think he left last game due to injury. Uh, yeah. So I, I don't know if it's a new injury, re-aggravating what he missed a game earlier this year from, but uh, I would assume that's what it is. Uh, one quick thing also with BC, they do have a running back controversy as much as they don't want to say they do. Uh, Taquan Mizzle is uh, healthy. He's a healthy scratch so far this week. Uh, he's been fully practicing, though. And Sean Shivers uh, has been fully practicing, obviously. Uh, so who do you go with right now, guys? And quickly on this one here, Shivers or Mizzle? Uh, Trey? You're muted. Sorry, guys. I'll go Mizzle. I honestly don't know too much. Like, I, I can't honestly say I've watched too much, but that guy, he stuck out to me a little bit when he was healthy, all right? Yeah, I was, saying, I was thinking similarly that there's not much tape on either of these guys. So, you know, I would lean Shivers. He had a big game a couple games ago, and then he fell flat last week, but it was that just a matchup with the Riders there. So... Uh, selfishly, I want it to be Shivers because he's $8,000 cheaper in fantasy, but, uh, we'll see. Uh, we'll have to watch those depth charts when it comes out. Uh, cause I think it could be either guy. So you're telling me that we should be consulting Brandon and Saunders in our, uh, uh, our college football guy to see who, uh, who should play this week. In other words. Yeah, of course. Always consult with him. Absolutely. Um, yeah, should we get into fantasy picks here for this game and uh, start off? We'll just start off with Sean Shivers there. If he is listed as the starter on the depth chart, uh, I think he's a good play. $5,500, Ottawa, or not Ottawa, Edmonton gives up an average of 16.9 fantasy points to starting running backs in, uh, per game. It's the worst in the league, and if you can get that much out of Sean Shivers, you're uh, having a pretty darn good day uh, at the running back position. Down week last week against them, but I think that was just a tough matchup uh, and, and, you know, a switch in the game plan maybe halfway through with VA going down or, or I guess, early in the game probably. Um, but, yeah, make sure you watch the depth chart. If Mizzle is playing and Shivers is out, obviously he comes out of the fantasy players to watch list for this week. Uh, a couple other guys for BC I like. Uh, I do like Keon Hatcher, especially if Dom Rimes isn't playing because that means more targets to go around. Uh, $10,700 for Hatcher. I'll throw him in here, I think, for the third week in a row. Target numbers have gone down a bit the last three weeks, uh, week after week, which is a bit of a concern for me. But I think he's still a top-tier receiver at a decent price for that, his level of play. Uh, scored at least 11 points in each of his three games this year. And at the, his current value, you're kind of looking for around 16-plus. And I, I think he's a guy that can deliver that on almost any given week. Uh, even though, uh, you know, when uh, the Elks are surprisingly uh, holding opposing wide receivers and slot backs to low totals uh, in, in fantasy so far this year, their, their defense has been pretty good against those. But I think Hatcher's a guy that can blow it wide open. Uh, and I think this is the first defense I've mentioned so far today. I'll throw in the BC Lions defense at $11,000. It's a perfect storm where they've put up double digits in every game but two this year and teams facing the Elks have put up double digits in, in all but two weeks this year. So 
I, this is a team that shut Edmonton out in week two, and I, I think could have another really good day here. Adam talked about Matthew Betts' uh, sack totals already a little bit there as well. Got one name for you on the Edmonton side as well, but we'll go to you guys here in between. BC, Edmonton, anybody that interests you? Trey, let's start with you. Just BC defense. That's all I got right now. I think that I think that could be a lot. Tend to put them as my captain. There's going to be a many I don't think there. you can. I don't think they let you no. put a defense as your captain. That's oh, lame. I, no, you're right. That's lame. That's fine. Kelly, Kelly, Kelly hasn't lost the C yet. Adam, what do you got? Yeah, well, mine is crumbs, so you know what. Uh, anyways, uh, never will the last uh, yeah, BC defense for me. I got Sean Shivers because I think he's going to play this week, uh, especially if they're listing off as a healthy scratch, uh, unless they all of a sudden change something, which is possible as well. Uh, and the other guy I got to just switch it up from Jalen Acklin. I'm going to probably put Keon Hatcher on my list because I didn't realize that uh, Dominic Rhymes was injured. Uh, and he hasn't practiced for two games. So I'm going to take a chance that he doesn't practice and he isn't going to play because it's Edmonton and they don't need him. And you know what? Keon Hatcher has got 17, 24, and something odd points. Every time he plays, he gets over 10 points. Uh, that's pretty good for me. So let me go with Keon Hatcher. And no way. Not a chance I'm thinking of the elk. Nobody on the Elks. Uh, and you know what? If Mizzle is the starter at running back, he's a lot more expensive. I thought I saw him at something like 13,000. I would honestly still, if he can make it work salary-wise, consider putting him in just because the matchup is so good as well. And I don't love a lot of the other running back matchups uh, this week. Uh, one name I have on the Elks side, uh, he's pulling me back in, guys. Dylan Mitchell. Uh, I expected such a big year from him. Started terribly, but uh, he's 9500 bucks. And could we be starting to see the version of him we expected to? 118 21.5 fantasy points in his last two games, including 18 targets. Yeah, the matchup with the Lions isn't great, but uh, could it be worth taking a chance on the continued resurgence of Dylan Mitchell? Uh, I would probably put him at the lower tier of my fantasy players to watch, but if you want a contrarian pick or want to take a chance on something here, yeah, I'll give you Dylan Mitchell. Uh, I think he could be in for a, a pretty solid week here uh, for the Elks. Uh, BC Edmonton. Uh, what's the what's the line at right now, Trey? Eight and a half in favor of the road team. BC over under is forty three. Not a lot of points. I guess the odd makers think Edmonton's probably going to put up ten, which leaves thirty three for BC. So I'm going to take BC minus eight and the under. Um, I think this game's going to be, like I said, 30 to 10 kind of game, and if, if that. So, uh, Adam, what do you have? I've got the BC Lions. There's no way Edmonton. I'm sorry, Edmonton fans. I just I want you to win a game at home because I'm sick of talking about it in the previews every week about the streak. But you know what? It's not going to happen against a BC Lions team. Uh, BC's just too good. Matthew Betts is crazy. I think we're going to hear another what is happening from Dustin Nielsen this week. Uh, it's BC Lions all the way for me, and I'm going to take the under. Uh, I don't see much out of Dane Evans either, but I see a lot more out of him than I will out of the Edmonton Elks. I'm going to take the Lions here as well. Uh, I'm going to take them at minus eight and a half uh, to win this game also, although you know, with, with Dane Evans starting, it is kind of tempting to go the Edmonton uh, route here. But I think I'm going to take the over because 43 is just, it's such a low total to me. I have a really hard time when it's that low taking the under 
uh, on a game, especially the Elks are great at garbage time. And if they get the garbage time down a couple of scores, they're going to put a couple points on the board there most likely too. So I think we'll be close. I could very well see myself being wrong here, but uh, I'll, I'll, I'll take a chance on the over. Nice guys. Sweet. Let's move on. All right, next game up. Well, final game of the week is a Sunday matchup, I believe, between the uh, Calgary Stampede and the Montreal Alouettes. Uh, uh, Sunday, 7 p.m. Eastern time, Matt. What are we looking at? Well, first things first, I want to just throw this by you guys, and I know you mentioned it a little bit earlier, Trey, was about the Dickinsons and about, uh, you know, maybe both of them might be joining the family home for Thanksgiving this year, and it's not because the teams don't play. Uh, I think this has been one of the most inconsistent years for the Calgary Stampeders, to be honest with you. Uh, do you agree and why, uh, Trey? Sorry, I missed the question. What was that? It's been the most inconsistent year for the Stampeders. I'm just throwing that out there. Uh, do you agree with me and why? Oh, 100% agree with you. And uh, I'm going to say it, it's if, if we want to say that they were the Patriots as of late with Bo and the dynasty they've built, well, guess what? Their Tom Brady left and their Belichick isn't is kind of coaching like Belichick is in the States, right? Like it, it, every great thing has to come to an end, right? I don't think mayor's the guy. I think he was the best available. I don't think they, you know, I, I think he was probably better than Bo, but I mean, that's not hard. Um, so I just think that they have a lot of rebuilding to do. doesn't help that their fan base is, I don't, I don't want to say losing faith, but you know, definitely they're, they're definitely a, a fan base that I'm worrying about. And I don't know. Just it, they're kind of in that same boat with Saskatchewan, I feel like. I feel like there's just a lot more issues than on the field. There's some things that need to be addressed off the field. New stadium is one, but I don't know how much that would actually help. And and, may, and I'm not saying get rid of management, but just little tweaks in management and coaching. Not necessarily saying it's Dickinson, but something needs – is he the GM too right now, right? And, and Huffnagel is just president. See, I get why they do that if that's the salary cap thing, but I hate that. I think you need to have two guys – kind of doing the jobs because you need someone to say hey your coaching sucks but you also need a coach to tell a gm well you're giving me crap players you need the both sides if you have one guy doing that and you jerry jones it too much then you have one guy say oh everything i'm doing is perfect and that might and maybe huffnagel's that guy but i don't know how much other responsibilities he has too right ryan yeah, I, I think the Dickinson coaching situation could play into that. I thought I heard on the one of the TSN broadcasts that they're now calling offensive plays by committee. Uh, when Dickinson, uh, if I was understanding correctly, he used to have more of a hand, obviously, in that role, and he was just uh, offensive coordinator. And then when he was coach and offensive coordinator, I think that could play into it a little bit. Also, you know, is it fair to say, despite how many changes the Stamps have every year because other teams or the NFL purges their players, their one mainstay for the past, what, decade was Levi Mitchell at quarterback, the veteran, you know, star quarterback there uh, that made a huge presence both on and off the field and in the locker room there. So they've got a younger crew now. I mean, they've got a young quarterback. They've got a really young wide receiver core, uh, a couple, you know, rookies in there even that are, that are quite good, uh, but taking a bit of time to gel and, and things like that. So, uh, you know, this is a Calgary team that I think it, it's weird to see them taking this bit of a step back, 
But it's also a team, and I said this on our call-in show the other day, that I expect as the season goes along, they're going to get it together. I, I think this team is going to find a way uh, to get it together as the season goes along. I, I'm less concerned about them at their record, honestly, uh, than, than a team like Saskatchewan. So to answer Trey's question from earlier, I would probably say Craig Dickinson more likely to be fired than Dave Dickinson because they've just had too much success over the years. Like it, it wouldn't make sense to me uh, if, at this point. Yeah, and no, I agree with you. I just don't think that Dave Dickinson will really get fired, but uh, the inconsistency is there. And I think you're right. We heard about that uh, coaching by committee thing. And I mean, when you got a young quarterback like Jake Mayer in there, it would be nice to just have one guy talking in his ear instead of maybe the committee t- saying, hey, we should do this or we should do this. And also Mark Mueller says something. And then all of a sudden uh, Dave Dickinson says something and then somebody else says something. It just doesn't work very well if you're doing all that in Calgary. So I think one voice might help him a lot. And again, you're right. It's uh, the fact that they're uh, got a new quarterback in in the house. And last year he they had uh, Bo Levi still there at least being a kind of a calming water if they needed him. They know he was there for them. Uh, this year here, they've gone through a lot of injuries in running back. They've gone through their injuries in wide receiver. I mean, like I say, the, the Stampeders aren't the same team as they used to be on that side of things. And that always affects consistency. So I think that the Stamps will be okay. They're going to get some more guys back eventually here, uh, including uh, Cole Tucker. He didn't practice this week, although he might be close. James Vodders, uh, he got injured last week. They are worried that that is a torn peck and that's a season-ending injury for him. Uh, so they made a trade this week. Uh, Ryan, do you want to just talk about the trade real quick? Yeah, they, uh, they bring back to Garrett Davis, former Stamp. Uh, they trade a late-round pick for him. And you know what? Uh, well, sorry for every other team in the West, uh, or maybe teams out East if crossovers in play. Uh, I guess Calgary's going back to the Grey Cup because Davis has been there six straight times. Uh, so, But he's, I don't know, he'll probably get a starting role here with Vodders being out, but it sounded like he fell out of favor in Hamilton. Like He was a healthy scratch last game against the Argos, and, that's not the Garrett Davis we've been used to. So uh, I, I, I think he'll, he'll, he's a good fit for the injury role for them, probably a necessity, and hopefully he can get he can get back to the level of play uh, we expect him to. Uh, Trey, you've got a fun fact for us. Well, not really a fun fact, but just something I stumbled across. Neither team from Alberta has a home win yet this year. Fun fact for you. They're 0-6 combined. So, because I was looking into that when it came to the betting, because Calgary's two and one on the road, and Montreal's one and two at home. So I was kind of looking at some of those stats for betting, and then I see this zero and three. That's not McMahon that we know, right? Like that's not something we know. Commonwealth again, that's something that's turned into, unfortunately. But yeah, that's just kind of interesting fact. I thought looking into this one. Uh, a couple more things that are kind of interesting that I see over on the injury report for the Calgary Stampeders. Kadeem Carey was limited with a toe injury. Uh, yeah, he's not playing. I think he's going back back on the six-game injured list, if you ask me. But, hey, never know. Could happen. Uh, I mean, Diedrich Mills has been serviceable and decent enough for the Calgary Stampeders. Hasn't had uh, two games now. I think he's been kind of a little bit down and out, but... He'll maybe pick it up here against the Alouettes. Never know. Uh, Brandon Dozier, uh, hip injury, did not practice. 
Uh, Trey Robertson did not practice. Nick States, I think he's coming back off the sixth game. Uh, he was fully uh, participating in practice with a head injury. Uh, yeah, that's about what I've got there for the Stampeders. Over on the Montreal Alouette sideline, they've been doing some uh, different things as well. Uh, they made a big uh, acquisition this week and also released one guy. Uh, Nick Usher will be out for the uh, Montreal Alouettes. He was released uh, to bring in the sack leading uh, from last year and also defensive player of the year from last year for the West Division. Uh, that would be Sean Lemon, who gets one more bingo card away from, uh, or one more bingo stamp away from making the Kevin Glenn tour. Uh, he's on his eighth team. Uh, first things first, just for the fun of it, guys, wrong answers only. What was Sean Lemon doing? during this little bit of an off time. Uh, Trey? I don't know. Uh, lemonade stand. Ah, you beat me to it. I just thought of that. <laughs> okay, That's well, right. but seriously, guys, what do you think this does for the Alouettes on their, uh, I guess, really on their pass rush? What do you, is it, a, I think it's a huge signing. What do you guys think? I'm going to say it's, it's, it's online with what I said Toronto did last year and bringing in Harris and Banks. You bring, you're not necessarily bringing in a guy that you honestly expect to become the sack leader again. He could uh, very easily, but you, you don't expect that. What you have is a guy at November when you're in Hamil well, Hamilton, in Toronto, let's say Toronto or Ottawa, and you need a guy to come up with a sack. You need a guy to give your defense a pep talk. You need that guy in the locker room saying, yeah, keep playing, keep playing that's that guy to me you know and yes he's going to come across with the stats and everything else he has but he's that veteran guy like you said what eight of the nine teams bunch of teams i didn't even know he played for winnipeg I, you know he, I, he I didn't, didn't he was on the practice roster okay see okay see that's where, where we go here but you know what i mean a guy that's been around it's hard we're, we're hard it's hard to find that the cfl is a league where you got some guys now for two three years max and a guy who's been around it's a valuable asset so Good on him, Brian. Yeah, I, I really wonder how much of his decision, because, well, first of all, my initial thought is it's about dang time somebody called Sean Lemon and brought him in. We're eight weeks into the season. This is the defensive player of the year out west, the sack leader, as you just mentioned, Adam. It's about time. I know he's up there in age, but BC should have never cut him. They cut him to bring in uh, Jonathan Kongbo, who then they had to trade over to Hamilton. Uh, and I don't know why it took this long for somebody to pick him up. Nick Usher is a pretty decent piece to let go to make room for him there too. But yeah, I think Lemon is a force to be reckoned with that they're still bringing in. And I really wonder like how many teams called them and uh, how much completing the bingo card actually just played into his decision. It probably didn't, but I like to think that he just blocked phone calls from every team besides Montreal or Hamilton and then, kept calling them daily till one of them finally gave in. I uh, I think actually probably Montreal was on him pretty hard and probably pretty heavy because, you know, he kind of sacks quarterbacks and Cody Fajardo has been sacked completely and totally every game. So uh, to me, I think that that might have maybe made a factor into Montreal signing him because, hey, if he's on the same team, it's pretty hard to sack Fajardo. Although, I mean, it's possible. You never know. Uh, that being said, I wanted to talk a little bit quickly about Cody Fajardo. Uh, he's still having that issue with getting sacked or at least getting pressured or getting hit uh, awful lot of times so far this season. Is this becoming a trend with Cody Fajardo maybe? 
or is still this is it just the offensive line or what is it with Bajardo and being found by the defensive linemen or defensive backs or linebacking the defense of the other team? Uh Trey. I think it's just bad across the board this year. Like in the league, there's too many quarterbacks looking up at that sky. So I don't want to put too much on Cody. I get I think this is a whole other topic, and maybe I should have a drive uh, driving home show, even though I work from home on this. But I'm really getting concerned about the talent in some positions. We have some of the best receivers in the world. Some of the catches last week uh, between Blue, uh, Blue Bombers, um, who else? There was a couple other guys that like, uh, Lawler had one, and then there was a couple in the Toronto game and other games. Some of the most fantastic, talented guys. We had that one guy who doesn't even play in the league that did the backflip while bench pressing, right? Uh, you know, we have all these guys, talented players, quarterback and offensive line, I think are really struggling right now. And I don't, and it, it's a bad combination. I just think that, is it just the big field? It's harder to read maybe because I feel like we have way more interceptions in this league uh, ratio wise compared to the NFL. And we seem to have way more sacks too. So is it just the lack of protection? Is it that it takes longer to read your read your uh, read out there like there's something going on and i don't think cody is the quickest reader in the world either of defenses he needs to get that ball out of there quicker but his old line needs, needs to give him at least two mississippis right ryan yeah i mean we go back earlier when we were talking about uh i think it was when we were talking about dustin crumb right that uh young quarterback just takes any opportunity to try to run to the sideline right and scramble and pick up yardage Cody Fajardo ain't a young quarterback anymore, but he might be one of the biggest culprits of doing so. He he tries to escape the pocket for the, the, the sake of escaping the pocket when he often doesn't need to. So I think he does. I, I think his play style does play a little bit in, into the sacks. Yeah, uh, not fully. I think that the game plan, I think the offensive line, all of that contributes. But I think Cody's at fault for some of it, too. Yeah, I think I've seen that last year. I mean, Cody used to run into the sack is what everybody used to say because he was trying to leave the pocket. He was worried about trying to make that big pass or trying to make that big play. And you look at Montreal. I mean, they're they're rated right now. I think they're still at tops for the passes for 20 yards plus, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. So it means Cody's looking for deep passes again. And when you're doing that, you're trying to extend the play a little bit. And that means you're running into somebody that's going to get you. Uh, so that being said, uh, looking over on the injury report over for Montreal Alouettes, uh, Siante Evans, he's fully practicing. His leg is okay, I guess, defensive back. Uh, Tyson Philpo. Uh, has also been practicing fully. He probably will be back pretty soon uh, with that leg injury at the beginning of the year. Same thing also with Greg Ellingson has been practicing fully uh, with the knee injury that started him off this season. So we'll predict that he will be back here very soon as well. Uh, some big names coming back for the Montreal Alouettes soon. Maybe not this week because of the six-game stuff, uh, but we'll see what happens here, I guess, as the week goes along. Uh, Ryan, anybody in fantasy for the Alouettes that you're taking a look at? Yeah, the, a couple of wide receivers, but it does muddy it a little bit if Ellingson's back, if Phil Potts back. But uh, you know what? For now, at least even this week, if they're coming back, you got to ride uh, with Austin Mack for another week. $12,000 is his price. Uh, I've started, uh, you know, tracking target shares uh, for each team, and Mac has the highest in the CFL uh, from guys who have played more than one game. 30.2% of Montreal targets 
have gone towards Austin Mack. That means you can expect Cody to throw the bottle of basically every third pass that, that he throws is going to Austin Mack. Uh, I think it'll be interesting to see what his role looks like with these other guys back in, because you would expect maybe a guy like Ellingson to take over kind of a good chunk of those. But for now, I think it's safe to go back to the well, so I'd do so again this week uh, and maybe put him into consideration for captain, although I think I like some of the quarterback plays we've talked about better there. Uh, I'm also going to throw in wide receiver Tyler Sneed at $6,100. I really don't like chasing touchdowns. Like the three touchdown performance last week isn't sustainable. He's probably not going to do that again. And people are going to pick him thinking he'll do that again. But for a team that's desperately looking for their third option at receiver right now, given his lower price, I'd take a look here for his continued growth. But again, if the injury reports come out, I could see a case where he even falls off the roster or into a backup slot if some of these guys come back. So I may take him out of fantasy contention there. Uh, Montreal or Calgary, uh, who are you guys uh, thinking of taking here in fantasy, Adam? Well, I've got uh, Austin Mack. I mean, duh. I mean, he's taken so many receptions and taken so many targets at him. I mean, you almost have to pick him uh, right at this point. And I think that – oh, no, sorry. I've also got uh, one other guy from the Calgary Stampeders. I'm going to take a chance here. And just say that Diedrich Mills is going to have a good game. He's had two kind of little bit off games. Uh, he he doesn't have three, I don't think. So I have a funny feeling that he's going to run the ball quite a bit against Montreal. And I think he's going to have a pretty good game. So we'll go with Mills and uh, Mac for me. Yeah, I went with Ryan and that with uh, Sneed. I liked what how what he did last weekend. Pretty cheap play. And even if he's a backup, doesn't mean he's not going to get the ball, right? So he could, you know, you only need one catch to get the touchdown. And right now, I got um, my same name brother Trey Odom's Duke. Just I don't know why. I just have a bunch of salary left, and I just went with some big receiver from a different game. Honestly, just to spread out the spread out the love. Yeah, I think that's a pretty valid strategy uh, to spread it out there a little bit as well. And you guys touched on two of the three names for Calgary that I was about to bring up here uh, as well. Uh, I've got Diedrich Mills uh, probably locking him as one of my running backs for this week. Uh, Last week he got stymied by the Red Blacks, uh, but I expected him to. They have the best rushing defense in the CFL in my opinion. Uh, Mills has been the focal point of this offense for, for the last little while. And with Kadeem Carey coming back soon, that could get interesting. But we've seen uh, teams lean on their running backs against the Alouettes at, at some points as well. Uh, so I expect Mills to get right back into the heavy role in the offense we've been seeing him have up until this point. Uh, I also really liked uh, your choice there of Trey Odom's Dukes uh, because at $10,700, He's had six or more targets in every game this year. And last week at his biggest game, 101 yards touchdown for him. Uh, he also has a decent matchup. Uh, lines up that left side slot back. The Alouettes seem to be most vulnerable there in the passing game, uh, giving up 12.2 fantasy points per game. So, I mean, Jake Mayer seems to be getting better. He put up 450 passing yards last game. And if he continues to get some more confidence back, I think that could lead to another great day for Trey Odom's Dukes. I also think it could lead to a good day for Mark and Michelle, who is still really cheap at 6000 I called my shot with Michelle last week on, the, on this show to say, 
stick with it. He's getting six targets a game. They're not going for a lot of yards, but all he needs to do is break one of them for more yardage and you're set. And while well, he hit a 93-yard touchdown and then added another one and finished as the top receiver in the CFL uh, in fantasy last week. So unlikely to reproduce that again, but I think he's still a sturdy value play nonetheless at, uh, at $6,000. Uh, I also see a comment here in the chat from Richard asking about William Stanback uh, in this game against uh, against Calgary. Um, I'm not. I, I have struggled to put William Stanback consider him in my lineup. He, he's more involved in the passing game now, which is what I like to see. But he's also getting so few carries a game that it, it seems like he's not producing. As his salary drops more, I would consider it more. I think it's around eight thousand now or something like that um but uh as of right now i'm not necessarily looking in the direction of standback uh but i could be convinced to if the matchup is right and you're right the stamps do give up 14 and a half to starting running back second worst in the cfl um so i would consider it potentially all I can say on that one is Jason Moss does not run a running back usually, so that's my reasoning for no. I it's a good, I like it, but I mean I like that uh, Calgary does give up a lot of run yards, and lots of those were against Jamal Morrow. But my thing is, I think that I just I do not like Jason Moss for running a running back. So yeah. Yeah, that's my struggle as well. I, I haven't looked at it so far this week, uh, his, whether it changed from his last game, but I guess they were on the bye. I think before last week he was added for Jing under eight carries a game in his last three. So, uh, yes, give Stan back more volume, and, and I'll consider putting him in the lineup. Uh, we'll consider which teams we're taking in our betting picks here as well, right, Trey? Yeah, this one I went back and forth on probably 10 times just in the last ooh, hour and a half, boys. Uh, the over-under, I'm under. I'm going under the 47 and a half. I don't expect this to be a shootout by any means. Gunslinger, Bo is not there anymore. And uh, yeah, I think both quarterbacks, Fajardo and Mare, are going to be staring at the blue sky a lot. This is what, like I said, I, I like looking at little stats here. And Calgary has a better record on the road, uh, you know, two and one. And uh, going into Montreal here, who has is one and one at home. Battle for the crossover right here spot. I'm going to go Calgary plus two and a half. This one might change. I might I might uh, activate our uh, what is it an hour before kickoff rule or whatever on this one. But uh, let's go with Ryan. Oh geez, you know I haven't even thought about this game yet uh, in terms of these picks. To be honest, because uh, I could go either way on this one. Um, See either case where where whichever team makes the last mistake or loses uh, in this one. So I think it's going to be close because I don't feel strongly either way, and I think it's going to be that close. I think I'm going to go with Calgary on the road in this one as well. Again, I, I think Mayor looked pretty darn good last week. I think they've just had a couple mistakes that they can clean up, and I think they could get the job done. So I'll take the stamps uh, at the plus two and a half here. Um, looking at opponent point totals per game as well here. Um, I think I'm going to take the over on this one as well. I, I think this game could be a little bit higher in the scoring category, like late uh, upper 20s for, for each team. Seems like Calgary's had a couple like that lately, and I think Montreal's got some offensive firepower as well. Adam? 
I've been debating this one here because I know the Calgary is probably going to pull in there on Saturday night. They're probably going to go and have some fun in Montreal because most times any team you get to go to Montreal, they go and have some fun. Uh, it's a seven o'clock game at night on a Sunday, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, I don't like that for Calgary because of the travel and because of the t- time zone difference. Uh I'm going to go with Montreal Alouettes in this one, just for the fun of it, to change it up. Uh, I think Fajardo will have a pretty good game. I think Jake Mayer has done a little bit better now uh, lately. But uh, Cody Fajardo, I think, needs to have a good game again. The Airhorns are going to get to Jake Mayer. And, uh, yeah, I'm going to go with the Alouettes. Uh, Over-under, I'm going to go with the over, because I think both of these teams can really light it up when they get going. So, yeah, that's what I'm going to go with, the over and Montreal. I know you took Montreal, but quick question for both guys. Are you still think like having that mindset about Calgary though? Like, you know what I mean? They're not going to lose twice to an Eastern team. Like that's what's in my head. I was like, I'm thinking of Calgary of old a little bit. I got that little bit. It, of it a, does. It does. Lion, in my head again, there, yeah. Little, little bit, but not much for me. I'm, I'm, my okay. thing is I'm looking at it like my, Calgary's going to, on Saturday night to Montreal. And, you know, like most teams have always said, they all go and they all enjoy the Montreal trip. So that's not a good sign. And, this is a young team in Calgary, and I think that could maybe play to the negative to them on that part. And the other thing is, I think that Montreal, if if they have Ellingson back and they also have Philpo back, that's a big pit thing for Montreal. So I, if they've got those two guys back, definitely I'm picking Montreal in this one. Nope, I get you. I just, like I said, this Calgary to me is always a team that in, they're not out. They're never out. They, you know, Labor Day on, they could come back and – I just can't see them losing to an Eastern team twice in a row. That's just so mind-boggling to me. Unless it's in the Great Cup, so, but you know what I mean? It's just mind-boggling. To me, so. Sorry, Trey. This is the year that the horse is going down. I I, I think so too. I'm I like as that the inner Blue Bomber fan of me wants that as the as unpartial, unbiased co-host of a podcast. I I, I don't I, I still have that Calgary in my head. Like I said, look at the Patriots. It's hard for me to think they're going to be the fourth team in that division, right? Like. And that's kind of when I look at Calgary, it's really hard for me to see that they haven't won a game at home. Like, you know, that's that's mind-boggling to me, you know. And you, could you who imagine? Do you have above the, who do you hmm? have above the Patriots? I mean, obviously Buffalo, obviously the Jets, but who else? The Dolphins? Yeah. Are you kidding me? Tua, Tua, Tua and Hill and Waddle, man, okay. that team's unreal. I completely always forget that the Dolphins are the same division. If anything, I'll put the I'll put uh, Patriots over um, the Jets unless Strepler plays. That's it. No <laughs> Was that a '74 truck in that Ryan? But anyway, we got to go. Ready <laughs> by the time uh, Little Coop Junior is going to be up any minute now, and you know. Uh, well, first we'll get into uh, we'll take a quick look at uh, fantasy league stuff here. Uh, I don't really want to talk about this, so I'd be fine with skipping the draft league uh, recap just to cut uh, the, the show short. But I think a certain someone here won't let me. Um, more quarterback uh, chaos for me as I benched Dustin Crum this week, started VA for that matchup with the Riders. He goes down due to injury. I get 0.4 from my quarterback. Also get 0.2 from Tim White, uh, who did nothing this week. And Dom Rimes goes down due to injury and only puts up 1.2. So I finished with 51.9 on the week. An awful, awful week here for me. Next lowest was Mike at 84.6. His leading producer was Kenny Waller coming back from injury in that one. Or I guess Coleros at 18.3. 
Uh, Trey, you beat him by a point thanks to Chad Kelly's 28-point game there as well. Curly Gittens Jr. also uh, having his best game of the year for you. And Adam, you finally did it. You're getting yourself back in the race here. 111.6 points for you in this uh, week. Uh, Taylor Powell put up 19, and all of your receivers, Nate Bahar, Dylan Mitchell, Trey Odoms, Dukes, putting up over 20. Uh, the floor is yours to gloat here for a couple of seconds. Well, pretty much. I would like to thank the Academy and I'd like to thank all the guys that let, that let me draft all these guys because they didn't pick them. And uh, yeah, no, I think I did pretty good this week. Uh, I don't call it a comeback though, because yeah, I'm still way in the basement and uh, I haven't seen light yet. Looking at the overall uh, leaderboard here uh, for the, the season, I'm still in first at 576. Uh, Trey, you're in second at 556, so 20 points back of me. It's tight race now. Mike's just two points behind you. Adam, you've got, I think, 60 or 70 uh, points to go still to, to catch up there. But, hey, you're, you're getting yourself back in the race. You made up 60 on me this week. Uh, I'm, I'm, so, under, I'm under 100 points behind now. At least that's, I'm happy about <laughs> I can't even put VA on my injured reserve because they're going to dress him as the third-string quarterback this week. So... <laughs> That's fun. Uh, that's okay. He's only missing one week. Uh, we're also all, all playing in the three of us in the CFL Podcast Fantasy League. This week, uh, I finished with the second highest score, 123.7. I beat uh, adults from Rouge Radio. Uh, Trey, you're getting just bad luck here uh, in fantasy some of these weeks. Uh, good week for you, 113.3 points in fantasy, but uh, you lost to Travis from two and out who put the uh, the top score up on the board there uh bad luck hey yeah it's not my it's not my year in that league i'm coming for you in the other one but that one i don't know i, I always get matched up with the top scorer and uh i'm gonna be like a point off of this week with the league average thing i'm gonna it's gonna <laughs> yeah i'll get to that in a second yeah uh and uh adam Narrow defeat. You lost to Steph from uh, Go Stamps Go by two points this week in that week. Uh, it's a tough loss for you there as well. But uh, hopefully a bounce back for you both this week. Uh, I moved into first on the overall standings. Thanks, everybody, for keeping my seat warm for six weeks. Uh, it's nice to have it back. Uh, but this week gets really interesting. It's free-for-all week, so there are no 1v1 matchups. So I'll say just check out all the other great shows with the Football Podcast Network. Um, but we're all playing league average. You beat the league average for the week. You get a win. You lose. You fall below it. You get a loss. Uh, so let's try to put up 150 point weeks and just really skew the average to give a bunch of other people losses. Uh, I think it's going to be fun. I'm most. I'm more excited about this almost than the regular matchups because uh, I think it's going to be chaos uh, here. Yeah, Ryan excited about numbers. Who'd have thought? Yeah, you would never believe it if you. You know how many tabs my fantasy stats spreadsheets have by now? There's like 30 tabs. Uh, yeah. I'm not done yet. Uh, it's only half done. Uh, in our Discord league, um, we play against a couple members in our Discord community that signed up preseason for that. Uh, I got some bad luck in this one because I put up a good week here as well, but I lost to FM Fan and put up the uh, highest week with 134 points. Trey also got bad luck in that league, lost to Tiepi. 
Uh, and But Adam, you did win your matchup with Barry, so uh, kudos to you in that one. Shout out to members of our Discord community because they're darn good at fantasy football. Like, Trey and I have, I think, two of the top four overall point totals on the season. <laughs> But we're eighth and eleventh in the league because we keep losing our matchups with records of three and four and two and five. So, uh, shout out to everybody for having good seasons of fantasy football. How is I Mike ahead of both of you two? Like Mike is doing good in that. Yeah, he is. His first year is rookie season. He's crushing it. Yeah, doing well. Yeah, I have I have the ability to boot people out of the Discord, and I'm petty enough to use it. Just... <laughs> <laughs> All right, let me just uh, okay, let's wrap the show so I can go adjust some Discord permissions. Uh... No, it's it fantasy. I've just been I've yeah. I got stains on all my underwear when it comes to betting and uh, fantasy this year. I'm not. I got to do a big turnaround, boys. Maybe I need to go into the wilderness darkness for a few days. <laughs> Yeah. As long as you take your backup quarterback with you. <laughs> uh, Mike did lose to, to Brandon Sanders by 0.2 points this week. So Mike got some bad luck this week, and the stat corrections didn't save it either. Uh, matchups this week uh, Adam, you've got Larry. I've got Sandwiches. Uh, Mike's got Tappy. Trey's got Barry. Uh, good luck to everybody in Discord League this week, and uh, thanks for tuning in and joining us. Point Fantasy alongside us there as well. Uh, all right, let's get into wrapping things up uh, here on the show. I got to find the slides here. I'll try to multitask and do that while I talk. Uh, that should go well. Uh, we'll be back again next week, same time, same place, uh, most likely. Uh, pretty sure. Uh, to preview week number nine in the CFL is, is what we've got planned, and we'll do all the same fun things we do now. Uh, talk storylines, uh, fantasy picks, and betting odds for way too long. Um, and, yeah, so you can check that out next week. Subscribe to all the podcast feeds and such for that as well. If you want to follow us on social media, you can do so. Uh, we are on x.com. Uh, or to, I'm still calling it Twitter. I'm not, I'm not changing it. I'm not giving it to Elon Musk. I hate that the logo has changed because now I can never find my Twitter tab, um, on my computer anymore. Um, but you know, the logo will probably change 10 times yet, but follow us on Twitter, x.com, whatever you want to call it at CF countdown pod on facebook.com slash CF countdown pod there as well. I'm on Twitter at Cooper 42 if you want to find me talking about who belongs in the Hall of Fame next. Um, Trey, uh, where can people find what you've got going on? You've got something exciting coming up this weekend as well, don't you? Oh, yeah. It's my final day of race calling at Miami Fair. They had a three-day mini-meet, and it wraps up in Miami. So if you're in Manitoba, southern Manitoba, and you want to have a good time, free program, free admission, good times. And, uh, yeah. I did, yeah, I did something big of me. I let, I'm going to let the new guy call a couple of races, so we'll see how that goes. Um, but uh, he asked nicely. And if you want to listen to my horse racing podcast, I put it in the Discord or follow me on Twitter at Trey Harnesslink. And, yeah, you get this my trophy. I won this. My team didn't win this. This is uh, it's actually, it actually is the most prestigious award you can win. So if you want to get some uh, top-knowledge harness racing action. So there you go. Adam? 
top that. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to have a little bit of a tough one to do that, I guess. Uh, you know, I'm just taking off a uh, big crop pretty soon, so that's kind of cool. Uh, about a week, week and a half away probably, and then uh, brace yourself. Combine photos are going to be coming rapidly at that point. Uh, you can follow me at Adam Stewart one over on uh x twitter i don't know the x twitter twitter x i don't know whatever you want to call it uh all i know is i've got to go and change a whole lot of stupid handles and a whole lot of logos uh for my other job over for the car dealership and that's going to drive me absolutely mental when i have to start going and finding all those you, so, might, as, yeah. you might as well wait i mean elon's changed the logo three times already since rebranded it so uh, but you can buy it off fonts.com for twenty dollars if you want oh well in that case um watch me waste 20 bucks over at adam stewart one <laughs> waste it on better uh, worse things you could buy an ant farm or two. it's fine uh, it's totally fine oh uh, there we go update the counter i am not keeping track anymore that's too much work uh but yeah fun night tonight uh, thanks everybody who joined us and tuned in uh, live and or if you're tuning in after the fact as well, whatever podcast platform you're listening on, we appreciate it. if you do all the fun things such as like, comment, subscribe, rate, review, share the show with your friends, help us grow the show. We really appreciate that. Uh, thank you for on behalf of Trey and Adam, I'm Ryan saying thanks for listening, everybody. Take care. Have a good one. Bye.